Welcome back to an all new, all different aim for the bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, and also known as Pavi. And today we're talking about spoilers and how I do not think that they are important. But before we get to today's topic, our non-legal legal disclaimer, which is simply that the opinions expressed by me or others are just that, our opinions. So you can agree with us, you can disagree with us. It's all good. We're not saying that we have, uh, you know, the ultimate truth or that only our viewpoints are the correct viewpoints. With that out of the way, let's, uh, let's get on with uh, today's topic. So spoilers, obviously we're all aware, I think, of spoilers. It's, um, well, I don't want to say like a relatively new phenomenon, but uh, newer-ish, I guess. So if you don't know what a spoiler is, uh, hello, welcome to the planet Earth. Here we make things, and there are details in those things, such as surprises that you may not be aware of, and then someone reveals what that thing is what that surprise is what that event is unfolding in like a work of fiction before you have a chance to actually watch or read or observe that work and so it now has been ruined for you what is my my beef now that we've got like a definition a random definition i just came up with off the top of my head of a, of a spoiler what's the big deal with not wanting things to be spoiled for you right so i don't have like an issue with someone not wanting to have like certain plot points of like a work, whether it's a novel, TV show, film, or some other narrative uh, form of, of media. So it could be like a play or like, a, I guess it's also a type of play, a radio show, you know, so, so, I don't know, so, some other, a comic, I guess, some kind of, some kind of uh, narrative device, whatever, whatever category you want to place it in is up to you. I, I don't mind, like, on the surface of someone, like, not wanting to know, like, certain details of what transpires in a certain work on its own. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. The problem that I have is is this, I guess, with the rise of the internet, like, I like the internet. It lets us do, like, a lot of stuff, but it also leads to a lot of uh, annoying and stupid stuff. And things get over-exaggerated on the internet, and I think spoilers are one of those things. So, uh, I guess before we get into how the internet, you know, ruins stuff, which itself will be a topic probably later on down the road, um, I, I guess one of, like, the first, at least in popular culture, instances of, like, not wanting, uh, you know, particular plot points or stuff happening in, in narrative works being revealed beforehand. I guess you can kind of trace that back like to Psycho, like the Alfred Hitchcock film from 1960, I want to say. Yeah, the 1960 film from Alfred Hitchcock. Now, obviously, literary narrative works have existed prior to the release of Psycho, but I don't think there was a huge emphasis on like having the plot reveal to you uh, prior prior to this, whether it's like a film, like I said, or a novel or a play or some other narrative work. Uh, I could be wrong about this. I don't know, like 
but I don't think it was as big of a deal. Now, the reason why I bring up Psycho is because movies really before Psycho were not like as serious as they are today. Now, I'm not saying at the time that Psycho came out, no other other films were were taken seriously. They like they were, but like theaters in general were just kind of like a place to kind of hang out and stuff. It was something cheap form of entertainment, like for the masses, like it didn't have the prestige of going to like an opera or something like a f- more formal fancy show where you would know, like you would like dress up and like, ah, yes, we're going to the opera this evening. You know, if you're at the movie theater, it's like, ah, I got to take my whiny kids and make them look at a screen for, you know, two or three hours. Cause they used to show like, you know, movies like back to back or even all day. And you know, the, like the Nickelodeon, like, you know, you pay like a nickel to like go watch a movie, but it, it, it was much more active thing than it is today. now today. There's like the huge reverence around going to the theater and, uh, you know, you gotta be quiet, right? Don't, don't text during the movie. I'm trying to watch the movie. Why are you texting? I don't want to see the screen lighting up on your face. It's taking me out of the experience of watching the movie. Now, don't get me wrong. I like watching movies in theaters because it is an experience because of the sound quality the picture quality, right, the size of the screen, all that stuff, something you can't really recreate at home, whether you have DVDs, Blu-rays, VHS, whether you stream it, even if you have your own little small theater, unless you're someone who's like super rich, you know, your, your setup isn't quite as sophisticated as one you'd find in a theater or cinema, whatever you want to call it. But for a long while, Theaters were just places you kind of hung out. You came and went as you pleased. Like, people talked. It was like a hangout place while something kind of just plays in the background. You kind of think of it like a club almost or something, right? Where music just plays, but you're hanging out and drinking. It's like, it's like, it's like when you go to a bar and there's like a, a, a band playing. Uh, I guess it depends on the type of show. But normally when there's like live music at a bar, it's something that occurs in the background and it's there... You know, some people will stop and pay attention to it, but not it's not it's not like a concert, right? It's not the same as going to like a concert venue and everyone is like focused on the music, right? It's something that occurs in the background of theaters were the same way. Then Psycho comes out, and because Hitchcock had a particular vision for Psycho, I'm like I'm not against spoiler warnings, but so if you haven't seen Psycho, here, here you go. Here's here's your and this is spoiler warning for like anything else I'm about to talk to because I'm gonna reveal. Spoilers from different works, well, mostly films, but different works. So there you go. There, there, there's your warning. So obviously in Psycho, we have our main character uh, played by Janet Lee, who is like killed throughout like the beginning part of the film. I'm not sure if it's in within the first 30 minutes. It's been a long time since I've seen Psycho. But anyway, she dies early on much quicker than people are used to in films. If the main character were to die at all, obviously it's not common that our main character, our main protagonist dies even at the end of the film, right? So Hitchcock wanted to make sure that like theaters were not lax about this because you don't want the element of surprise to be ruined because obviously it would be pretty shocking. So because of this, this is one of the things that kind of like sets up theaters as like having a like a greater sense of like, I guess, like sophistication to them, right? So it's like it starts has to start right on time. So if this the movie start is supposed to start at seven, like let's say 7 p.m., it starts at 7 p.m. It's not starting at like 7.10. It's not starting at like, you know, 6.45. It's not starting at 7.30. It's starting at 7. And if you're not there within like the first five minutes, like you don't let anyone in. Because like if you've ever been to like live theater, I believe, I mean, obviously it depends on the, the specific venue itself. But 
you know, if you're not there within like five minutes of the play beginning, like you're not getting in. So if you come 15 minutes later, like theater starts at eight, you come at 815, they're not letting you in. Some places, are, you know, a bit more lax or whatever, but generally in a lot of places, that's kind of like the rule. So theaters were like, okay, we're going to start showing Psycho and then like we're not letting anyone in because of like Hitchcock's insistence because of this big twist that occurs early on in the film. So that's kind of like where we first see this, this kind of change, right? So then it was like, oh, you have to go see, you have to go see Psycho. It's crazy. Like, you know, obviously in the impact of that, of that scene itself where, where she gets stabbed in the shower, like that had its own like impact and, and uh, effect on society at large. I know a lot of people are like, I can't, I can't shower alone <laughs> because of the thought of someone coming in to like kill me, you know, is like so present in my mind because of that. But just the, the, that idea in general is like, okay, I want to control the experience. So I want to make sure that the audience that goes in, like, you know, they don't know what happens beforehand because this is going to be shocking to you. I want them to be surprised. And, and fair enough. Okay. That makes sense. So that's kind of like the really the first instance where it was like a particular, you know, plot point in the film. We don't want that to get out beforehand. And now, okay, let's flash forward to like modern day within like the last 10 years. Right now, now because of the internet, spoilers are abound uh, in general, right? And I think it's kind of been like, like, like I mentioned earlier, over-exaggerated like people's uh, fear of encountering spoilers, especially on the internet. So if you remember back when Game of Thrones, just as an example, was a very popular TV show, was on air every like Sunday, constantly see people like on on different social media platforms complaining about how like, oh, I can't go on Twitter, I can't go on Facebook, I can't go on whatever until like, you know, I've seen this episode of like Game of Thrones, for example. You know, I don't want it spoiled. Right. It'd be like, oh, if I go to work or school the next day and everyone's talking about last night's episode of Game of Thrones, I can't I can't be part of these conversations because I don't want it to be ruined. So on a certain sense, like I get that. I understand you don't want like everything laid out for you, but I think it's 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 too much people's avoidance of having things spoiled. Right. And there have been various instances of of things of things being like spoiled. I understand like if it's a modern our current show that's playing that's currently on air let's say episodes come out once a week because we're kind of like i think we're getting back to like the weekly uh episode playing because i know was it like within like the last five years let's say with the advent of like streaming and the popularity of like platforms like netflix where they were doing the thing where oh yeah we're releasing the whole series on one day i'm seeing less and less of that now like currently i'm watching the 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 falcon and the winter soldier or even when I was watching, I believe, The Mandalorian and like WandaVision. Those shows, they come out once a week, right? So we're not really, I'm not saying no, no shows do this anymore, but I'm seeing it less and less now where it's the fact that, uh, yeah, we're going to re- release the whole season on one day. You can watch the whole thing in one day if you want to. We're seeing a return to the weekly or week by week uh, releases. But yeah, so back in the day when Game of Thrones, especially that episode nine, because that was the one where like the big thing went down in episode nine, like of almost all the series, but especially that first season, right? Where Ned Stark dies, right? That was like a big, oh my God, that's a big twist. It's a big, uh, 
you know, flipping the script, circumventing tradition, whatever it is you want to say or however you want to label it. That was a big moment in 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 the series itself, like Game of Thrones specifically, and then just like uh, in television conventions in general. Right. It was like you never saw really before your main main character killed in that way. Right. Because through the first season of Game of Thrones, our main guy, our main protagonist is Ned Stark. Right. He's the one that we're with. Right. We start off in that first episode in the north. Right. And the king comes up right from King's Landing to ask Ned Stark to be the hand of the king. Right. Because his previous hand was killed under mysterious circumstances. Right. So it centers around Ned's experience. Right. So he's asked to go down south to King's Landing. He does. He takes his daughters with him. And yes, we come back to like. Uh, you know, we bounce around to like different stories, uh, plot lines that happen throughout the, the first season. But our main focus is on Ned Stark. So when we get to that episode where he's killed or even before that, where he's captured and sends, well, potentially sent, going to be sentenced to death. General convention would dictate, OK, yes, he's um, going to potentially be executed for treason, right? Because he came out and said that uh, Joffrey uh, you know, is is the illegitimate heir because he's not actually uh, the son of Robert Baratheon. He is the product of incest between Jamie and Cersei Lannister, right? That's like high crimes and treason against uh, against the king, against the crown. So are we expecting him to die? No, you're like, uh, you know, either this is going to get played out longer or, OK, he's going to go up. And it's going to play out like how you think it's going to play out, which is like he's going to get pardoned, have to and be sent to the wall to join the, the Black Watch. Wait, is it the Black Watch? <laughs> I can't remember if it's actually called the Black Watch or if I'm just making that name up. But anyways, to join the wall and live his life out basically in a kind of exile. But basically, we're expecting something to kind of come in and save him at the last second if his life's in danger at all. And so... When we get to that point where he says, yes, okay, I confess I'm guilty of whatever my crimes are. Okay, we're expecting, okay, he's going to get, you know, pardoned and sent, sent away. And then it's like, oh, no, he's going to get killed. And then we're like, oh, okay, someone's going to come in and save the day last second, like we're used to seeing in many other stories that, that we watch or read or whatever. But then, no, then he's killed, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, that actually happened. Right. And then there's other uh, other shows where like big events happen and, and you don't want to know. So in that instance, I understand that not wanting uh, to be spoiled for you. Right. Because that's a big shock. It's a big twist. I get it. If you want to look at like the Harry Potter series, just for an example. Right. Like if you go back and listen to our two episodes on the Harry Potter film series, if you haven't listened to it, go go listen to it. They're a pretty good time. When the sixth book came out, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, you know, this is kind of like the height of Harry Potter, at least for the books, fandom and pandemonium. Uh, it was being released at bookstores all across the world, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, a bunch of midnight releases. Some pages had leaked. People found out the big shocking thing that happened in, in that book, which is that Snape kills Dumbledore. And, you know, people... Drove by a line. I remember seeing videos of people who had this information drove by people in line waiting to buy the book at midnight, yelling out from their car window that Snape kills Dumbledore. Snape kills Dumbledore, right? 
and everyone's like, no, you know, ah, oh, damn, like, shut up. I, uh, that's, that's, that's been spoiled. So something current, like, I get it. I understand, like, okay, I didn't want to know that. But people make too big of a deal of having certain things revealed to them. Like, I see it as, like, so much people trying to, like, avoid spoilers. Like, where it's just, like, too much. And, and this is, like, either from conversations, like, I have, well, like, this is clearly, like, just my, like, uh, experience in this. So this is what I've observed either from talking uh, to people or like reading things online or like comments or, you know, sometimes people will have like a video or like a tweet or a Facebook post or whatever it is. And then, you know, there'll be a bunch of comments. Oh, hey, you didn't give a spoiler warning that this and I saw it. Ah, you know, and then go on and complain about like it's the end of the freaking world. And at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yes, I understand the experience or wanting to be surprised or some people just not wanting to know. I understand that. I'm not saying like you're wrong that, you know, you didn't want to know something about a particular thing, especially if it's something that's currently airing or like it's a book that was just recently released or like I said, it's a TV show that's currently releasing episodes. I understand that. That makes sense. But people go a little bit too overboard with not wanting to find out information that occurs in a in a narrative piece of media whatever that media is like for example for me uh sticking with game of thrones here for a second uh i think this is in the third season right where you have the red wedding episode so that's like where like rob stark and the bunch of stark uh men get killed at the at the wedding of uh was it oh i can't remember his name now the phrase that's it Walter Frey and I believe Rob Stark, like uncle or something. Well, not Walter Frey, one of his daughters, <laughs> you know, and they're there for the wedding and the reception afterwards. And then obviously they're betrayed and they're all killed. Now, before I saw that episode, I was doing some research into like the world of Game of Thrones because like I had watched, I believe it's the third season. Maybe it was the fourth, but I'm pretty sure it's the third. I had watched, you know, the first two, first two seasons. Uh, I mean, I read the first book, but I don't think I had read the first book by this point. I only knew the, knew the show. I mean, I knew the books existed because I remember like when I was at school, like, no, not even school, just like moving around town, like on public transit and stuff. I'd always see like one of the Game of Thrones books in people's hands. So like people were, were reading it. So I knew the books existed. I knew it was based on a book series, but I didn't know much about it. And then I was like, OK, let me kind of understand some of the lore and the world building in, in this world, because like I said, it is a book series. And obviously, there's much more information in those books than it can be uh, shown on screen through the TV series. So when I was like looking into, uh, like I said, the world of the show, world of the book series, just trying to understand like, you know, some of the stuff a little bit better, because there's a lot. If you're not familiar with Game of Thrones or the book series, A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, there's a lot, a lot of detail in there. And then so I was reading, I forget, I was on some site about, about it, and I was reading certain things, and then I came across a thing that said that Rob Stark died, and I was like, oh, no, ah, okay, Rob Stark died, darn, okay, I wish I didn't know that. Again, not wanting to know certain things happen, I understand, but it's not the end of the world if you know that Rob Stark dies, okay? So I saw that, and I was like, okay, so I, I know he's going to die, okay, whatever, not a big deal. Because like I said, I, I personally don't care too much about spoilers. And I don't think most people should really care about spoilers. Because at the end of the day, it's not the most important thing. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But so when I watched the, the third season, I'm assuming this is the third season. 
Okay, so we finally get to the Red Wedding episode. And like I said, I knew Rob Stark died. I didn't know this was going to be the moment that he died. So when I watched that episode, I watched it. And when the Red Wedding itself happened, right, when we get to the moment where they start killing everyone, I was just like in shock. I was in shock, right? So it happened, right? It starts <laughs> the brutal killing and then it's done. And then the episode's pretty much done. And then, you know, roll credits, obviously silent credits for like the impact of what we just witnessed. Because I think if you played music during the end credits, it would kind of like break the, that tension, break the, the heartbreak or the emotional impact of that scene. So, you know, you have silent credits. And then once it was done, like, uh, you know, the credits played, I was like, okay, like, because I watched this on my computer, I, I like, so I closed my computer and I went like straight to bed. I was just like in such shock over what I just watched. And then later on, I thought about, oh, yeah, I did know that Rob Stark was going to die. But it did not impact <laughs> what or it did not impact my experience watching the show, even though I knew he was going to die. Now, you could argue, well, you didn't know how he was going to die. All right. I didn't read an explicit thing that detailed exactly what happened. But I think even if I had read that, I probably still would have felt the same. Even now, and this is the main reason why I don't think spoilers are important, because like, Aside from the like initial shock, I mean, what does it matter if you know what's going to happen beyond the, like, oh, I, I couldn't I couldn't experience that initial shock. I'm like, hey, is it that huge of a thing? I mean, if the work is good, then it doesn't really matter because, you know, let's say, for example, OK, you didn't know anything that happened upon your first viewing. Let's just stick with TV or film on your initial viewing. Right. But then it's like you would never. You would never rewatch anything because it's like, oh, well, I already know what's going to happen. So there's no point in rewatching it. It's ruined for me now because I already know what's going to happen. And I'm like, that's not the most important thing. Like, if it's a good work, if it captivates you, it's interesting. You don't, you're going to go back and watch it again because it has those positive attributes. Uh, another example, like for me, in terms of like spoilers, where it doesn't really impact how I view the film or how I experience the film. Just sticking with film for a second here is like a Terminator. So I never had seen the first Terminator film. Like I knew of them. I remember when I was like a kid seeing like stuff for like Terminator 2. Uh, it was a pretty big movie like when it came out. I remember seeing toys, toys for like uh, Terminator. Well, the second one, right? But I had never watched the first movie. And then when I, I think it was high school, it w played on TV Terminator 2 and I had watched it and I was like, oh, this is a really good movie. And then later on, uh, when I was in university, I was with one of my roommates at the time, and we were watching Terminator 2. And I, by that point, I still had not seen the first Terminator. But I, I knew, like, you know, T-1000. I knew, like, because I had seen it, the second one already, like, I knew he was, like, a reprogrammed uh, Terminator. And that in the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger was, like, his Terminator character was the, the, the bad guy, right? He, he was a Terminator sent back in time to kill, like, Sarah Connor. Right. And obviously in the first and then in the second one, he's uh, sent back in time to protect Sarah Connor's son, John Connor from the T-1000. Right. So in that movie, right, there's a scene where the both Terminators are sent back in time. Right. It's, I guess it's a whole like kind of like beginning ish of the film. And they're both looking for John Connor. So if you had seen the first film at this point, you know, the Terminators are evil, uh, especially Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. You know, he specifically was sent back 
well, not him because I believe in the first one is he is destroyed, but a second copy of his Terminator is sent back. And so you think they're both evil or, or maybe you think maybe one is, oh, no, no, I think the T-1000, you, you know, he's evil because I, th- I think you see him kill people in his search for John Connor. And so you get to that. I, I believe they're in the arcade and, and they're in like this hallway and you see each end, the Terminator's like approaching John Connor, who's like in the middle. And then, you know, last second you see like Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator, you know, pull out the shotgun and shoot the, the T-1000. Right. And, and uh, you know, he tells John Connor, you know, come with me if you want to live. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the line he actually says, but basically he comes to the rescue uh, John Connor. And I was watching that with my roommate at the time, Terminator 2. And when we got to that scene, he was like, ah, see, like you didn't see the, the first one. Right. And obviously, like, this is not my first time watching T2, but even if it was. So you you didn't get like the full impact of that scene because you know, you would have thought that he was like a bad guy. And then you would know that that line come with me if you want to live is from the first movie. That's what Kyle Reese says to. uh, Was it uh, Sarah Connor in the first movie? But and I understand that, but I'm like, eh, Terminator 2 is still a good movie, even if I don't pick up on some of those like smaller nuances, but it's not enough to ruin like the enjoyability or the impact of a film or a TV show or a book or something, because there's some small details that you did or did not know. Cause I already know the outcome of the movie. Like I already know, cause like I said, I've already seen this. I already know that he, he's, he's a good character. Uh, going back for, um, for um, the sixth sense. That was one of those big movies where it was like all about the twist, right? Although the internet wasn't around in its current form. So you didn't have like people complaining on like social media and like YouTube and, all this other stuff about it, but, you know, the align, I see dead people, right? And the revelation that Bruce Willis' character is a ghost. It's just like, if you watch that movie, like, because I already already knew, like, it was everywhere. That line was parodied all the time. And, of course, everyone talked about the twist about how, oh, he's really dead the whole time. Like, when you watch the movie, like, if you like The Sixth Sense, when you watch that movie, it's still a good movie, even if you know that Bruce Willis' character is dead right because in that film if you haven't seen it like i said i already gave my spoiler warning prior to you know he shot like towards the beginning and then you think like i think it says like it jumps forward a year but then you think like okay he was shot but he didn't die because obviously it's possible to get shot by someone and not die from a from a bullet wound but then we find out oh no he's he's actually one of the ghosts that are uh what Haley joel osmond character sees and is able to talk to what a crazy twist you know but the film is still good on its own. So like you can go back and rewatch it. If your work or whatever relies solely on some gimmick and it's just that gimmick, then there's no value in the film whatsoever. So even if you do rewatch it, like there'd be no point to rewatch it. It's like, Oh, it's just, it's just that one gimmicky reveal or twist or whatever it is. The rest of the movie's crap. Like if it relies solely on that, it wouldn't be rewatchable. And like, that's like my main issue with people taking it like too seriously. The worst is like for works that are really old. Like I said uh, at the beginning of this episode, if it's an ongoing series that's currently airing week to week basis or whatever it is. okay, that I kind of understand because it's kind of coming out now in the moment and you want to watch it without knowing what happens. Okay, that doesn't really bother me too, too much. But even if it does get spoiled for you. Like, at the end of the day, it's still not a big deal. It's still going to be an enjoyable program. 
Because again, you wouldn't go back and rewatch or reread or something if if the impact was only on like the shock value of something. Or once you're like, oh, well, I read this book. Well, no point ever reading it again or watch this movie. No, like, you know, certain films I watch, like Back to the Future, that's a movie like I know what happens. I've seen it a million times. I freaking love Back to the Future. Right. If it, if it was just like, oh, well, I know the plot. There's no point in rewatching it. I've seen it like there's some movies that are like that where it's like, OK, I saw it. I don't really need to see it again because like it's dumb or just dumb, like popcorn entertainment. Not seeing there's anything wrong with those, but it's like eh, once is enough. So other works, it's like, yeah, if, if, if I was just strictly concerned, like, oh, I already know the plot. There's no point in watching. Obviously, there is point in rewatching certain things because it's that good. It holds up like for me. And The Simpsons, one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, like, I go back and I watch, especially the first 10 seasons, I can watch any episode and I know, like, all the lines and all the characters are going to say and all the jokes. I still find it funny because it still holds up, right? So even for something like comedies, even though I know what the punchline is going to be, it's so good that even I know, I know what the characters are going to say before they say it, it still holds up. It's still good. It's still entertaining. It still has like value to me. If it, if it well, that wasn't the case, then what's the point, right? It's not doesn't rely on just oh okay, well, I already know it, so there's no point in watching it now because I already know it. So the, the but the worst is when it's something old, something old like like you know twenty years old, thirty years old, like five hundred years old. When someone complains, I think I was I could have been on like a forum like online message board or maybe it was even a YouTube video comment section or something where it was like, uh, was it, it could have been Romeo and Juliet or something. And I, maybe you could argue this person was just like joking or whatever, but you know, where it's like they die at the end. It's like, someone was complaining about like spoilers. I don't know if it was Romeo and Juliet specifically, but it was something like that. It was something, like an old work has been around. Like, it's like, it's like this thing's been out for like 500 years. You've had 500 years like to read this or watch a interpretation of it. And, and, you know, it's not my problem or sometimes it works. So, you know, movies from like the fifties or sixties, you know, they've been out for like 70, 60 years, 50 years, 40 years. And I understand like, Oh, I want to watch some of these classic movies or classic TV shows. Although most old TV is crap and not really worth the time. Anyways, that's not, my personal opinion, I remember I, I, I did an English class about like pop culture. <laughs> and I remember a teacher said that like current TV now, this is the golden, like, golden age of television. Like a lot of TV from like the 50s and 60s is just like terrible. But anyways, you know, sometimes uh, I don't know. I know some people who are like, oh, I want to watch like this film. You know, it's like an old film. It's like, oh, I may have talked about it. What happens in this movie? Not knowing. I'm like, I'm not doing this like maliciously, but let's say it comes up. And someone will be like, ah, oh, no, I want to watch it. It's like, it's been out. It's been out for like 60 years. <laughs> you know, I understand that like, you know, you want to go in fresh and not know any details. Like, I understand that. But it's like, it's been out for a while. Like, what, what do you want from me? I'm not supposed to talk about anything on, 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 on in, in case or on the occasion that someone around me has not watched that thing or doesn't know what happens. So like many things on the Internet, I just think. You know, people take it too far where it's not the end of the world. If something is spoiled for you, it's still enjoyable. The thing is still enjoyable. I'm not saying that everything should be spoiled, but let's just relax a little bit on worrying about things being spoiled because it's not the end of the world because otherwise no one would rewatch stuff because I already know what's going to happen, right? If the thing is good, it stands on its own. Whether or not you know what's going to happen, right? Another movie I like quite a bit is, is Fight Club. 
It's a movie. It was one of those movies where upon like each rewatch, I see something new I didn't see the last time. So I know the plot. I know the twist. That's another one that had like a twist ending, right? Where it's like, oh shit, they're the same character. You know, some people would be like, oh no, I didn't want to know that because I'm like, but what do, what purpose does it serve? Whether or not you know that, right? The film's still good because it's good, or it's enjoyable because it's enjoyable because of all the other things that make it work as a film. Now, obviously, you may not like Fight Club. And that's fine too, but. It's not based on whether or not you know the twist. That's not what makes Fight Club good. Just using that as an example. If the whole movie was centered on the twist, it's a piece of crap, except this this one like twist ending thing, then it's not really worth watching in general or rewatching in general. Right? So there's more to it than just like a certain detail, even if it's the main, you know, twist or the main conceit or whatever it is, the 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 big moment that happens in a certain film or television show or play or or novel, or novel, whatever it is, like, at the end of the day, there's much more that goes into it. And there's many other aspects of a work that make it enjoyable beyond knowing a few plot details. So it's not the end of the world. If something is spoiled for you, like, like, I understand wanting to see something without having everything revealed, like, that's okay. But let's just, let's just calm down a little bit. Let's just pull it back a little bit on that and not stress so much about uh, not want anything spoiled. So I think we'll leave it there for today on this episode where I don't believe spoilers are important. So I have been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. This has been another episode of the all new, all different Aim for the Bushes. Thank you for, for listening. We appreciate all our supporters, listeners, if you're on a platform that lets you rate and subscribe, do those things, help us out, uh, help us grow. Also, make sure you check out the podcast October Jones and Fish with Legs. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, the whole season is out now. So that's made partly by fellow podcast people, Dexter and Alex. Go back and listen to some of the episodes featuring them, such as the Space Jam episode, if you have not already. I'm I'm in an episode or two of uh, of October Jones of Fist with Legs, so go if you want to listen. Uh, go listen if you want to hear my voice in a different context. Thanks again uh, for listening, everyone. Please stay safe. Peace.